Welcome back to episode number 211 of the Dust Safety Science Podcast. This is a podcast where we're building a global community around process safety and industries handling combustible dust. I'm your show host, Dr. Chris Cloney. In today's episode, we're giving another instant update, this time on a 2022 aluminum dust explosion in Fun Sin Chu, Taiwan. And this is a pretty recent incident. However, we were able to gather some information that was released by the Taiwan government on this incident that really improves the information we have available in our incident database on it. And also some really good lessons learned to report to the community as well. For first incident update episode, again, these are episodes that we publish that are smaller and cover incidents in our incident database, which we record. It's our measuring stick, I guess, is the way to describe it. Our measuring stick for our road to zero mission to have one year of zero fatalities worldwide from dust explosions by 2038. And that's at least one year that we're shooting for. A big part of this is recording what's actually happening. You can't manage what you don't measure, the, the famous words of Peter Drucker. So this was our solution to that. In terms of providing information to the community, then we try to go back to incidents as information develops over time, as more information made available, as investigations are completed, as more lessons learned are generated or status of the victims or communities that are involved are updated. We come back and try to update these in the incident database so that incident log can capture what happens over time. We try to release that information out on the podcast as well so that you that are out there maybe driving or at the gym or listening to the podcast that work in the field of combustible dust, either at the facilities that you're working with or the companies that you work for, you can have that information, use it for your work as well. So in this case, we are covering this explosion that we had reported on November 17, 2022 at a bicycle parts manufacturer. We had that involved metal dust and that was near the dust collection area that it seriously injured three employees and two of these with very, very severe second, third degree burns. The facility was described as very dusty. And the area that was described as being impacted by the explosion was actually quite small relative to the, the size of the facility. Stated in the early reporting, that was about two square meters wide, which didn't make a lot of sense at the time. But once you start to look at the photos and that, and they're available, maybe that makes more sense today. So what additional information were we able to find about this incident? So we were able to reach out to local contacts in Taiwan and eventually received a government report that was released publicly. So they're still investigating this incident, but we were able to receive this one-page report. The original incident and this one-page report are written in Chinese or some uh, variation of that. So our team had to go and use Google Translate sort of line by line to make sense of what we have today. So we are working on putting together a better translated version of this document. And my hope is that by the time this podcast comes out and is live, we'll be able to link to that PDF document and also have someone native that speaks and reads that language to review it to make sure it says the same thing as the original transcript does. Uh, if you're interested in that, you can go to dustsafetyscience.com slash 211 for this episode. We'll have a link to the incident entry in the database there. And we'll also have a link to this original one-page document released by the government and hopefully a translated and verified one-page document that you can review for your own work as well. I'm going on the unverified translated document for the moment for this podcast episode. And again, my hope is that I can actually come back later once the full report is released and provide more information as well. So this one-page document has four sections. Sections are summary, cause, prevention measures, and business impact. And under summary and cause, they have some interesting things here. So it's hard to tell, but they do have some photos. And it seems that this may have been an explosion in what I may call you know, a simple enclosureless dust collector. 
connected directly to a stationary wheel sander or wheel wire brush grinder. So you can kind of think of it as a, a grinding wheel that's then connected to a small dust collection system that's just a fan that I think just blows through a bag that is an enclosureless dust collector. It's it's quite small in area, which maybe is why they reported the incident over you know two square meters. However, they did report the facilities being very dusty. So it would be fortunate in this case that a secondary explosion did not happen when this first explosion happened. But neither of those are really addressed in this one-page document. You just kind of see that it may have been a simple closureless dust collector that was connected directly to a wheel sander or a wheel wire brush grinder for this operation. It appears from the report in these early translations that the system was typically used to sand or polish aluminum tubes at this bicycle manufacturing facility. But on the day in question where the explosion happened, they switched to grinding iron pipes. And so the report also suggests that grinding the ferrous iron allowed sparks to enter this dust collector, this dust collection system, and ignite an aluminum dust cloud in the system, which then is what the deflagration occurred that injured the, the workers at this facility. They do have some recommendations. They suggest using wet dust collection for highly active and reactive metals. They suggest not allowing the same dust collection system to be used for grinding of different metals. And they suggest the management change processes are needed when switching from one type of operation to another. So from grinding aluminum tubing to grinding iron pipe, uh, this would be an example of a change that will require a management change evaluation to be completed. So there's a couple of big takeaways here that we didn't have in the in- initial information. One, we didn't have the, the base material. It was just a set of involved metal dust. But now we know that it involved aluminum and potentially the causation in terms of what happened was switching over to grinding these iron pipes. And those iron pipes may have provided a ignition source to this explosion that injured these three workers. So there's a couple of pieces. Our team went and took a look at NFPA 44 to try to get an idea of what they have in here about this type of operation. It appears to be several challenges that were potentially occurring here, several things that would be stated in 44. I pulled out four of them and want to talk about the specific entries in 484 and how they might apply in this scenario. And again, my goal here is to, if, if one of you are out there working with facilities that are grinding metal parts, this could give you information on why 484 says some of the things that it does. could also give you a case study to work with your clients on to explain why these requirements are important. And hopefully, if we share this information out widely enough, we can prevent a similar type of incident happening in the future in injuring workers like this that uh, we saw in this case in Taiwan. So concern number one from 484 is restrictions on collected materials. This is in section 13.2.3.5. I think this would likely be under air material separators, which must be 13.2, although I don't have that written down here. And there's three statements here. It says, dust collection systems shall not be used to collect incompatible materials or other materials that might react with the conveyed metal dust or particles. And we'll get to that in a second, because that's not mentioned in the Taiwan government report, but it's, it's important to consider. Number two is that the collection of any other than metal the system was designed to collect is prohibited. So if this was a system designed to collect aluminum, then 44 prohibits the collection of iron if you are then grinding iron pipes. And the third statement under this restriction is that if other metals are to be collected, the modified process shall first be reviewed under management change 
to ensure that the requirements of this chapter are maintained when you're moving to that other, you know, those other materials. So those are the the three restrictions. You kind of see how each of those would have played into the exact type of things that we're talking about from this incident that happened in Fusen 2 here. So that's concern number one, restrictions on collected materials from 44. Concern number two is an enclosureless or integrated filter systems. Again, it's hard to say just from the photos the exact kind of make and model the system, but it does appear to be sort of a small enclosureless dust collector. These are explicitly, at least the dry type, explicitly prohibited in 484. Section 13.2.4.4.4.2 states that enclosureless dry type air material separators shall be prohibited. And then there's another section, all that stuff except for 0.2.3 at the end, says that self-contained dry air material separators, downdraft benches, and environmental control booths with integral filter media in the wall shall be prohibited unless complying with other requirements they have here. So there's a explicit disallowing of enclosureless dust collection systems or these dry type dust collection systems, at least within 484. Concern number three is systems with potential ignition sources. So both of these last two concerns, we're going to talk about ignition sources. The first case, we're going to address the ignition source that's mentioned in this government report. In the second case, we'll talk about other types of ignition sources that may have been involved, but that weren't investigated yet. So the first of these is that states in 13.2.3.6.7 in 484. And again, this is all the 2022 version of, of 484, if you're trying to look it up. It says that dust collection systems that remove material from operations that generate sparks, hot metals, or similar ignition sources under normal operating conditions shall utilize a wet type air material separator unless protected from explosion, fire, and sparks and isolated to prevent the propagation of flame and pressure between interconnected equipment and upstream work areas in accordance with NFPA 68 and NFPA 69. That goes on to say in the appendix here for that same statement that examples of spark producing dust sources include but are not limited to metal grinding, polishing, and cutting, and sawing. So that's the one of the points here. Is the concern is that if you have potential ignition source that are getting sucked into a dust collection system or the potential is sucked into a dust collection system, then it needs to be a wet material or a wet type air material separator unless you're providing protection of fires and explosions and isolation in this type of system. It would appear from at least the incident reporting that we have that neither of these were followed. And we saw the recommendation from the Taiwan government report suggesting that wet dust collection would be used instead of dry dust collection for this type of operation. So that's sort of the concern number three on potential ignition sources. The other side of this coin is the potential for thermite reactions. So in section 17.1.3, which is the section on legacy metals in 484, legacy metals are aluminum, magnesium, titanium, zirconium, and a, a couple other ones that they list in the standard. It says that caution shall be exercised in mixing of fines or molten metal with metal oxides. And for example, iron oxide or rust, which is what you'd find on, on these type of pipes. And the reason here is that states that thermite reactions are extremely exothermic. And it states that thermite reactions are possible between a metal and any metal oxide lower in electromotive series, which uh, iron oxide would be a possibility here, especially at our elevated temperatures. So those are some of the things from NFPA 484 that would discuss different elements that may have contributed to this explosion in Taiwan. They injured these three individuals. In terms of what we learned about the incident, then we moved from you know knowing that there's an explosion in a small region near 
what's called a, a dust collection system that seriously injured three employees at this bicycle parts facility. Uh, the facility described it very dusty. The area impacted by the explosion was about two square meters. So not a lot of information. From this government report, this one-page report, I believe that they are going to release a more detailed report, this sort of like a summary or a fact sheet. They did have some additional information. So the grinding wheel or the sanding wheel was originally used for aluminum tubing. On the day incident, it was switched to iron piping. It's believed that spark, at least as per the government report, a spark caused by grinding the iron ignited the aluminum dust in that dust collection system. It does seem like it is a small enclosure dust collector that was connected to this grinding wheel. It does potentially seem like there's the possibility for maybe thermite reactions, although it's also could have just been a spark that came off the iron system. Thermite reactions are not mentioned specifically in the government report that came out here. We talked about the recommendations from the government report, wet dust collection for highly reactive metals, not allowing mixing of different materials and performing management change evaluation. We talked about 44 requirements for these same type of systems, including restrictions on mixing, as well as other materials that might react with the conveyed metal or dust, concern about thermite reactions, exclusion of enclosureless dust collectors for metal dust, and requirements for west dust collection systems for grinding and polishing, unless explosion protection and isolation is provided on that type of system. So that's it for this incident update today. We will provide more information and potentially another incident update as more information comes available on this incident. And I am hoping by the time this is released in January or February that we do have an updated version of this one-page fact sheet from the Taiwan government that is in English that we can share the podcast episode. And that would be available at dustsafetyscience.com slash 211. That's 211, the number 211. You get that information there. So as always, I want to say thank you for listening to Dust Safety Science Podcast. I hope you have a safe and productive week ahead. I appreciate everything you're doing. Industries handling combustible dust, keeping them safer with the work they're doing every day. If you'd like to have more of these incident updates or look to dive more into the incident research that we're doing in the incident database, certainly let me know. My email is chris at dustsafetyscience.com. You can reach out to myself or my team through any of the platforms that we're running at dustsafetyscience.com as well. Thank you, everyone. Have a great week ahead. 